Welcome to the Open House Podcast with James Tatum. This is a podcast about conversations that we have in the gym. Everything from training methods, technique, massage, and other odd topics that come up. So make sure you subscribe. Leave a review. Today, we've got George and Tyree here. What's up, guys? Hey, what's up, Coach? What's up? Um, I'm very calm today. This is a calm version of Tyree you guys are going to get. Oh, wait a second. What's going to happen next? Mm. Well, maybe I'll ramp up by the end. Yeah, so you guys know that this is legit because uh, the production value of our podcast is, like, I don't have little sound effects. That is a 100% (laughs) pure opening up of an energy drink happening live. This is an authentic podcast. It's it's beautiful. It's just it, that sound every time. It just hits you. When you hear it in the gym, you just know it's about to be a good day. You hear somebody pop one of those? Ugh. How much water do you drink, Tyree? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So I try to get 100 ounces. Um, Lindsay said I need to be like way more than that. And it just it just doesn't happen. Like So I'll bring a bang when I go to the gym. I'll finish that and then I'll drink water the rest of the time I'm there. Amanda always walks around with this big, like 40 ounces of water. So I end up stealing most of her water whenever I see it. But uh, it's, it's only one bang and I drink a, a decent amount of water. Your knees would probably feel better if you drink more water. <laughs> that that might be a good idea. Hey, my knees feel good yesterday. That's why I could snatch it. When my knees feel good, I move okay. And then the other six days of the week, who knows? Who knows? Bang is like motor oil and then water's lubricant. Remember that. Yeah, I, I would do better. And because Lindsay said so, I will also do better. Uh, so you working with, what is it, uh, Lindsay Stroker? Yep. For uh, diet and all that stuff? Yeah. Uh, She's making me sexy for Vegas. All right. All right. So there's this thing that you can buy on um Amazon and it's a one gallon bottle. Uh, Ronnie actually just got one uh, and actually just pulled it up. Ronnie got the only non-feminine color, um, which is funny. <laughs> uh, it's just black and whitish and gray in the middle. I've seen a half also- gallon one. My sister has one of the half gallon ones. Uh, yeah. So then it's got times on there and it was like, all right. So it's uh I can't read them all. So 7 a.m., good morning. And then, like, you're supposed to drink this much by 7 a.m. And then by 9 a.m., um, hydrate yourself. And then 11, it says, remember your goal. And then 1 p.m., keep chugging. So, like, you drink that whole gallon a day. Um, that's a nice little uh, uh, right-in-front-of-your-face reminder to make sure you drink your gallon of water a day. Um, maybe we need to get you one of those. I'll say the best I ever did with drinking water, I was drinking, I was drinking like, yeah, it was, it was about a gallon and a half. When I worked at Verizon, I was downing water because I would sit at the desk and I, I would bring this, I had a, like a half gallon Deer Park bottle that I would bring. And I was just always so bored that every time I grabbed it, I just thought, okay, we're going to chug this for 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then I would always have to get up and go to the bathroom through the whole shift, which was great because I could just walk around because it was so boring. I hated working there, but I was chugging water all day when I worked there. That's probably the best I ever did. Yeah, that's the problem is uh, you have to pee all the time when you drink a lot of water. 
uh, it's worse when you just start because your body's kind of on like the no drinking water thing. And then you uh, flood it, start drinking a lot. And yeah, you're getting a little flooded. Um, but it's worth doing. So Ronnie, I was talking to Ronnie and he was like, oh, yeah, like, I don't remember how much he said he drank a day. And it was not much. It was like two cups of water. What? And it was like, dang, Ronnie, you're dehydrated. You need to like. <laughs> um, so, and oh, then I, I think it started making some sense to him with some things that were going on. And so then he got that water bottle and he's been doing pretty good with it so far, it seems. Because, you know, he comes into the gym at like six o'clock and that thing's almost empty. So, Especially with the Carolina heat. It's no joke over there. Yeah, it's uh, it's starting to hit hard. Like today's going to be eighty nine. Uh, it hasn't been miserable yet, but it's like to the point where you walk outside for you know at, at the right time of day, you're going to be sweating. Yeah, if we're outside for yet. like ten minutes or longer. We don't get that in West Virginia. I think it's going to be eighty degrees. I think that's the high today, and it's cloudy. Hey, it's still 50s and 60s over here in Washington, so oh, I need to go to the tanning bed probably before I go to Las Vegas so I don't burn up. <laughs> uh, things I've never thought about. Things I've never thought about. I used to use the tanning bed to uh, drop weight my senior year of wrestling. Uh, and because, uh, I mean, you just go in there and you just kind of get fried and you sweat and you get dried out. I don't know if they're different nowadays, but uh, it worked pretty good. All right. I just pulled up the weather for Vegas and um, it's is my guess. Uh, well, today is not bad. So it's 73 right now. Um, okay. Next Thursday, it's going to be 104. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh. We're going to the desert. Yeah. We're- <laughs> yeah. We're going to the desert, guys. Uh, Jesus. Hopefully the air conditioner works really well. Um, you know what the good thing about that is, though? Is that if you do need to cut weight, you can just walk outside. Yeah. Um, we're just going to take laps. That's, we're going to take laps. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Walk around the neighborhood. Do some do some sunbathing. Walk around the neighborhood. Yeah. It makes it a lot easier. Yeah, I guess if you had to pick between those two, anything's going to be better than what I did in Colorado. That was just miserable. I will not allow myself to get to that position again where I'm spitting in a cup for 45 minutes. That was stupid. Mm. Yeah, no, I've been there. Um, Spitting in a cup while in a sauna uh, with a sauna suit on. Uh, I, I found a sauna suit. I, uh, I got one of those. I used to just like uh, buy them and then like use them and then just throw them away because I didn't feel like like letting them dry out and like have a nasty bag when I'm flying back from wherever the competition was. Uh, so I bought like a bunch of sauna suits. Um, so this sauna suit I probably still had since when I was a 77. So that's like 2016 because I, I didn't start cut. I didn't cut weight after that. <laughs> um, yeah, there was you know what's lady- funny is there was a lady um, in Colorado when I was pacing in the uh, back area, just spitting and she was selling singlets and she came up to me. She's like, okay, this is what you need to do. Go get a bucket of hot water, put your feet in there and just sit there for 10 minutes and you'll probably mm-hmm. lose like a third. Cause then you're just gonna have to pee and you're going to be fine. I'm thinking like, thank you. 
I don't have a bucket. I'm in the I'm in the warm up area. Like I don't I don't have a bucket of water. I don't know where we're gonna get this at. But thank you for the help. I just I can't do that right now. But that would work. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. So we, let's put a disclaimer on this. Like if you're under 18, you're not allowed to do this stuff, um, <laughs> according to USAW rules. And don't um, do this but, for a local meet. Do not do this for a local meet when your weight doesn't matter. Another good disclaimer. Um, but yeah, so that's another good thing is, uh, so you can either like lay in a hot bathtub because you'll sweat in there or you could just, uh, like put your feet in there. Um, or you could just like have the hot water. This is not like the eco friendly version. You just go in the bathroom and then you get all your clothes on and you wrap towels around your head and your neck and you put a towel underneath like the crack in the door and you just let the hot water just shower on and then it just turns into a steam room. Something else um, I wouldn't recommend was I did watch a girl lose three and a half kilos in a day. That was rough. Um, she sat in the shower, just laid on the shower floor for hours. Didn't drink, didn't eat, just sat there, took laxatives and just sat on the shower floor for hours. And it worked. And that was probably the sketchiest thing I'm watching. Like this is, I don't like the idea of this. This does not seem okay, but it, it worked. What was her body weight? Um, what was she weighing or what did she need to get down to? Or like what weight class? She was an 87. Yeah. So three and a half kilos. I mean, yeah, it's not like she was a 59 going down to 55, but it was still a lot. Yeah. That's, I mean, 3% is about where you want to stay like max of body weight. So three and a half kilos is you're getting up to like, that's like 4% of body weight. And then you're just going to start losing strength. It just doesn't work well with weightlifting. Yeah, it was, it was rough. Um, I mean, George, how much are you weighing right now? 82.2. Mm, uh, right where you need to be. Yeah. All right, Tyree, your turn. <laughs> 83.1. That's not bad. Yeah. 2.1 over. I was, and I, I fluctuate a lot. I was 82.6 two days ago like i'm just and i hit the exact same numbers i just go up and down a lot but i'll make it i don't know i try to um sit below 83 at all times i feel like um if i get above 83 then i start to move slower maybe it's just me mentally it probably is but i feel like if i just keep my nutrition dialed in because most of the time when i get above 83 i'm eating junk too so i'm getting a lot of like Diet Cokes, which just has a lot of like fructose and all the other syrups and stuff in it. And then um, if I just stick to my clean eating and drink a lot of water and stay like below 83, then I feel a lot better and move a lot better. I feel like I recover faster too. Honestly, you might be. I mean, every PR I've ever hit, I ended up weighing 80. I mean, there was a while where I got up to 86, 87. And stayed up there for a few months. Jackie wanted to see. Jackie used to do my nutrition. And she wanted to see if I would lift any better, heavier. There was no meat coming up. She's like, let's just see how you feel when you're a little heavier. Didn't. I felt fine. It wasn't like I felt bad. But I just didn't. It wasn't like it was helping my numbers. My snatch, clean and jerk, back squat, front squat, everything I've ever hit. I'm like right at 80. Even before 81 was a weight class, when I was a 77, I would weigh 79, 80. And that's when I would always hit my best numbers. So I guess that's probably 
where I should be. But yeah, um, I think back down there. What you were saying, George, I think you're just like a, a body weight where your your body just likes being and it just moves better there. Um and so like if you could find that, like that's you know, that's ideal. Being under eighty three, that works out perfect because the weight class is eighty one. And then also, you know, that's uh like let's say if you're it could be speed or it could just be like you're saying, like what you're eating is kind of messing with it. But you know, you just generally have like a weight that you either hit the same PRs no matter what weight you are, or you just feel better or move better. And I think uh, it's important to listen to that part of, um, or be in tune with that part of your body to like help you choose a weight class rather than just getting stuck on, on something. Um, because that's part of it. I mean, it's, a uh, it's easy to say, Oh, you could just go up and you get stronger. Um, but then that's not always the case. Um, so like, uh, there's some some people, I mean, they go up a weight class and then they don't have any significant change in performance. And is it worth going up the weight class? Eh, probably not, unless that weight cut is miserable. Uh, so for my last meet, uh, well, so my, my first meet as the next weight class up when I went up to 85 kilos, I hit the goals that I had as a 77. Like on that very first meet, I snatched 158 and I cleaned and jerked 185. So as a 77, that would have been an American record snatch and an American record total. And those were the two goals that I had as a 77. And I just couldn't do them as a 77. Um, I just kept, you know, just that weight cut was too much. That three and a half kilos, um, you know, if I woke up and I was within three kilos, you know, I was like, oh, this is an easy cut today. Oh, um, so like it, uh, it definitely affected my strength because that, uh, that was a that was a twenty kilo difference between seventy seven and eighty five in one meet, just instantly. Yeah, which you is were, not you were, you were hurting yourself three kilos in a day, like that's that's rough. I know you were a wrestler, but that's that's just rough. Yeah. So the interesting thing about it is it wasn't that bad, but what really got me is. Uh, that I would compete, uh, I, I guess I would compete about five times a year, but I would compete at that weight class like three times a year or maybe even four. Um, and after I would do that cut, I would need like three weeks to recover from the cut. So then you times that by, you know, four cuts a year. So that's 12 weeks of like recovering from cutting weight. You know, that's 25% of the year you know, there it goes. Um, and I think that's what really kind of messed up, uh, my progress as a 77. Well, my progress, not even as a 77 in general, as a weightlifter, um, when I was trying to stay too light, it was just, it's stressful to cut that much weight. Yeah. At what point did you realize that, I guess it would be the cuts that made you realize you had to go up on uh, no, the decision was like Olympic qualification type stuff. Um, and the, the plane was to wait till after the Olympics. Um, but then some things changed. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like, all right, we just got to go up to this because I don't know, it made more sense to go up as an 85 to try to qualify for the Olympics. Um, and you know what? I can't remember exactly what that, 
reasoning was, but they changed the Olympic qualifications every quad. So, and then sometimes multiple times within each quad. So it's, uh, it's some craziness that all gets mumbled into my brain kind of why exactly we had to switch. Um, but once I finally did, I was like, Oh, this is so much better. Why didn't I do this earlier? Uh, I just feel like I've never gotten to the point where I've been good enough for that type of stuff to matter. I mean, obviously not the Olympic portion, but I've never been overly concerned with my weight at meets because I, I don't feel like I've gotten to the point in weightlifting where it really makes a difference to me. Do you, does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. And I think that's an important thing to think about. Uh, and it's, it's not that, uh, and I would just word it differently. Um, I would just say, keeping in mind your long-term goal, you know, is cutting weight, you know, three times a week, three times a year, just to make American open, uh, series like a good idea. If your long-term goal is to go to nationals, eh, probably not. You should probably just get strong and continue to get strong and, you know, just it might be a little bit slower before you make that American Open total. But eventually when you do, you'll have a better um, a better base because your training for the past couple of years will have been better. Um, but again, this is all going to be like individual things, but I think it's important to keep that long-term goal in mind. And I think it's going to be different depending on what people's long-term goals are. So yours right now is to make an international team. Um, and you know, hitting that qualifying total is kind of like the main goal. So it's, you know, I don't think weight is quite the, uh, the issue just yet. No, no, that's Yeah. I just, especially when people are newer or at a lower level, um, I tell them, think about, think about like this. Let's say you have a guy who is a 96 who's snatching 105, clean and jerking, 130. All right, good. He's getting better. He's getting stronger. His numbers are going up. And then he tells me he wants to cut down to 89 to do the American Open. Why? He could go down to 89 in place 50th, go down to 81 in place 50th. He could go down to 73, and he's still going to place 50th. Or he could stay at 96 possibly PR and have the best meet of his life. I don't know. There's some things that you'd have to ask too, though, because um, it depends on what the athlete's eating. Cause there's some athletes that just eat like complete garbage when they first start weightlifting. And then as they start to clean up their diet, then they'll naturally just go down and weight two to 89 or I, I like think it's different. I'm not saying that somebody needs to stay at 96, but if we have a guy whose numbers are around that range, I don't like when people, lose weight for weightlifting if they're losing weight because they're being healthier or they're losing weight like further for the rest of their life they don't like weighing however much they feel like they're too heavy they feel like their body fat's too high and they want to lose weight go ahead i'm not saying that somebody needs to stay heavy but i don't think that weightlifting should be the primary goal for them to lose weight when that when they're not at a level that it matters yet if, if somebody's mm, body I fat is 30 percent and they want to go down to 18. Okay, that's fine. But I don't want them to say, hey, the reason I'm about to lose seven kilos 
is so that I can compete in a lower weight class at the American Open Series. What if they would never have the motivation to lose that weight unless it was to go to the American Open? And then they would never be healthier if they weren't cutting weight for weightlifting. Also, like height. Like how tall is the athlete? I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of variables. Yeah, I, I think I would agree I with you I, on this one a little bit more, George. It, it definitely has to be person to person. Yes, it's person to person. It's just the only thing that I don't like is for somebody to only want to lose weight to go to a meet that like that's their whole goal. My goal is I'm going to lose eight kilos so I can be at a lower weight class for this meet and be in the M session. Like, well, just if you want to lose weight, lose weight. That's fine. I'm not saying you need to stay heavy, but do you want to lose weight? Are you cleaning up your diet? Are you trying to be healthier? All of those are valid reasons. All of those are good reasons to lose weight, but don't tell me you well, want you to lose to, weight. Go ahead. You have to look at weightlifting through this scope too. Cause um, it's not really a profession in the United States. It's more of like a hobby, which everyone knows that. So mm-hmm. some consider it a lifestyle in a way too. It's where like, Oh, this is my hobby. This is what I do. This is my lifestyle. So it could motivate them to want to lose weight because this is now their lifestyle. They weren't comfortable with the lifestyle they had before. So now they're making a change. And mm, then what, you if, know, what if, what if that meat is the deciding factor? So you say you're not good enough to worry about weight, but you're a national qualified athlete. I would say you're good enough. What level would you say? What level do you think is good enough for someone to worry about their weight? I, I would say someone needs to qualify for at least AO finals, at least AO finals before they're concerned about body weight. Yeah, I would say I would say at least AO finals, because before that. And when I say worry about their weight, I want them to have hit the qualifying total before that. So if you need a 270 to qualify for AO finals, you need to be around a 270 total, 271, 272 before you're like, oh, I need to lose weight. If you're totaling 250 and saying I need to lose weight to hit a 270 total to go to the AO finals. I don't agree. I think that body composition would be a better factor than a meat. So like, of course, someone's going to want to qualify for a meat. And you're saying that if they're not at a certain level, they shouldn't cut to try to make that meat. But what if their body composition is just outrageous? They're like, I'm tired of being this big. I want to get down. This meat's going to be my motivation. And it's going to fuel me to make this cut and the train even harder. In that situation, I feel like that if they're tired of being that weight, go for it. Like Because that's not a soul it's not just weightlifting that's making them lose that weight they want to get down in weight and that's fine i i i'm not i don't want to sound like i just want everybody to go up three four weight classes i'm not saying that but i don't think that somebody should look at weightlifting and say yep the american open series is why i'm going to lose 20 pounds not because i want to be healthier or lose weight it's because I want to compete as a 59 rather than a 71. Well, in that situation, are they both? Yeah, I, I don't know. It comes down to uh, to individuals and then that that long-term goal. Um, but yeah, so if somebody's going to lose weight, you got to kind of look at it from a case study. Um, you know what? We probably should just like, have like an individual as an example and then we can go over like 
what would be the best advice for that person? Um, and then I think that would have to like include like having somebody come on the podcast and be like, Oh, I want you guys to break down the decisions of what I should do. Uh, and then we could just kind of talk about it and you can see how it's, it has to be like logical decisions based on the information in front of you, not just kind of like blanket, uh, like broad statements saying this and that, um, because it does, it, it, a lot of it does depend. And I think that's what a lot of, uh, you know, things out there on the internet, um, that's the problem with, you know, information being flooded on the internet is that, you know, let's say somebody will write an article like Tyree, you'll write an article, um, about, I don't know, everything that you just said. And in a lot of cases, that exact thing makes a lot of sense. But for somebody that that doesn't make sense to, they're going to read it and think that, that it applies to them. And then they're going to get like opposing stuff that makes sense in a different situation. Um, and I think it's always important to like keep that idea, you know, just stepping back and, you know, looking at the big picture and see things logically and see what makes the most sense. And if you can't figure it out, uh, get some help and talk, talk it out with somebody um, just to kind of figure it out. Um, but yeah, this brings me to an interesting topic is that, uh, you know, what, uh, it's, let's see if I can figure this, put this, uh, this idea into words. Well, it's the idea of, you know, somebody being invested in weightlifting, you know, once they've like committed to that lifestyle, you know, what comes first? Is it those habits or is it like, the excitement of weightlifting that helps them create those habits. So hmm. you were talking about like somebody using weightlifting as like a way to start tracking their diet or something like that. Or does it go to the other way around? Somebody tracks their diet and they just happen to be good at all these things. And then they do good at weightlifting. Hmm. I guess you'll probably get a little bit of both in there. Yeah. Hmm. For me, I guess it was weightlifting was first. For me, weightlifting was first. What about you, George? I'd say probably overall just health and wellness was first because before weightlifting, I was playing other sports like football, baseball, and I was doing powerlifting for a while. I joined the Army. I was working out a lot in the Army, and I just always had like um, – I guess I've always had like coaches or leaders like invested in me always trying to tell me like, Hey, you should eat this or Hey, you should be drinking this or you shouldn't eat that or shouldn't do this. So I feel like just overall health and wellness was probably before weightlifting for sure. Like I, I remember before weightlifting, like I, yeah, I would do other stuff and I thought I was going to be a bodybuilder when I was in high school. So I would always eat and think about stuff like that. But when I first started weightlifting, I wasn't necessarily concerned about my protein intake it was like oh i'm i'm gonna make sure i get protein in and then the farther i got in weightlifting the more it was well am i getting enough protein um am i eating enough carbs am i getting enough to help me feel better when i'm squatting so yeah what what really drove my interest though was um so i lived with my sister while i was in high school and then my aunt lived there too. She was like the nanny of the house essentially. So she didn't believe in like protein powder. She didn't believe in like pre-workout. She was like, you can just eat real food and get everything that you need. And it's like, well, my coach is like, Hey, you should drink some protein and get extra protein. in." so 
she's like, you don't need that much protein. He's saying I need this much protein. And I was found in the middle ground. And I was like, okay, I got to figure this out. So then I just started doing a bunch of research on my own too. So they like helped get me invested. How many years ago was this? Mm-hmm. Uh, this was 2013, 2014 when I was still in high school. Yeah. I had a, I was talking to some of the high schoolers at university here in Morgantown about this. And it was when me and my friends first started working out. Um, Instagram wasn't out. So, I mean, we had the internet. I'm not that old. Like we had the internet, but if you didn't know what you were searching for, you couldn't, like you had to know what you were searching for to put it in the search. Like we just didn't know. So I remember me and my friend James when we wanted bicep veins. We wanted to be more vascular. God forbid we just lost 10 pounds. So we're like, man, what pills can we take? We're like, (laughs) this is like back in 2009, 2009. We're like, man, what can we take? 2010. So (laughs) this sounds so bad now, but we're like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to drink a bunch of water and we're going to take blood thinners. And then those together (laughs) will make sure that we get veins. And we're like, the thought process was, all right, we're going to drink a bunch of water. And then we're going to make our blood really thin. And since it's so thin, it's going to rush through our veins and then our veins will be bigger. That, that was early high school thoughts. And we were just downing blood thinners to try to go to the gym and look bigger. That was so stupid. Where did you get blood thinners at? I don't, <laughs> I, don't remember, I don't remember to be honest, but we, and we didn't even realize how arginine. Oh, yeah, arginine we, is a vasodilator, so you just take that. It's a it's a yeah, amino acid. It's very healthy for you. Oh, we were taking I, water, pre workout, blood thinners. Oh no, we were taking water, pre workout, and blood thinners. Like, oh man, we're gonna look jacked. We're gonna have veins going through our biceps. It was so stupid. We just and we didn't realize how dumb this was for years later. Like, I don't even know if James remembers this. I'm gonna remind him of this. But now looking back, like. What the hell were we thinking? Why? But that's what happens yeah. when you have 13-year-olds trying to put science together for bodybuilding. Like it was yeah. that was so bad. That was so bad. This is why you need guidance in the gym. <laughs> this is why high school strength coaches need to be better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's why I was sitting there talking to these kids, like, hey guys, don't this was right before the bell rung. So they're just sitting there and we're talking about they wanted to take stuff. I'm like, hey, calm down. I'm like, just Calm down. I remember this. We took stupid things, and that's when I realized how dumb this was. But oh man, that was that was stupid. That was really yeah, dumb. yeah. You're risking some health stuff there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and wait. So mind. now we can't even get you to drink enough water. Isn't that how we started this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tyree. You will get more vascular if you are hydrated. I will be better. I will be better. This is where, this is where the resentment from water came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, wait till you guys see me in Vegas. water have blood thinners in it? I don't know if I want to drink this. <laughs> You're going to see me in Vegas with all types of veins. I'm going to be so vascular because I'm going to be weighing 80 kilos. That's that's what's going to happen. You know what the, the old bodybuilder trick was? Is They would go like super low carb. And like the way that they would get their carbs in is they, they would eat ice cream while they were walking on a treadmill um and like these are all like some of the actual things that they used to do i used to read t nation when i was in high school which is a little bit better uh, than whatever you were reading tyree yeah. uh, 
<laughs> Maybe not much, but it was a little better. That's better. Uh, and uh, another thing that they did is, um, you know, so they'd be low carb. And then like when they would, right before they would go out there on stage to compete, they would drink a glass of wine and then their veins would just go crazy. Um, and then wine is a pretty good uh, good thing to give you a, a, a vascular look, especially if you've been going low carb. Um, but you know, low carb is not that great for weightlifting. I don't think, I don't think weightlifters should go low carb. Um, you gotta, you gotta have carbs to be strong. You gotta have fat to be strong. You gotta have protein to be strong. So don't go low carb. Lifesavers um, help at every comp. Make sure you have your banging <clears throat> lifesavers with you guys. Yeah, I, I've done pretty well without lifesavers. Uh, <laughs> I've done pretty well. You know, James, when you gave us our snatch pools yesterday at 120%, I looked at Amanda and said, this was a flex. James did this as a flex. And she was just like, why? And then I counted that our 120% snatch pools were your snatch. So I went ahead and put it in the calculator. I did the, I like, I put it on the bar. I, I took two singles rather than one. I was like, I'm going to make this look fast. And I put it in the um, velocity tracker next to yours. It was ridiculous. I tried my best. I'm like, I'm going to pull it like he did. I'm not going to catch this damn thing, but I'm going to pull it fast. If I'm going to send you those two videos next to each other, and it is so sad. You've caught, by the, I timed it to where the bar broke at the same time. You're standing up holding it overhead before I got to the hip. Like, I just, this is, those, it, it didn't move the same. It just didn't. And I tried my best. Man, I'll tell you what, there were days in the gym where I would pull that same weight and it was probably the same speed as your approach. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't feel bad. Uh, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Uh, competition lifts are just, you know, you're just so much more activated and so much more hype. Um, you know what I forgot to do is I forgot to get uh, the velocity tracker on people's heavyweights um, mm. so that we can compare that that app i brought it out and everything and i just left it on the jerk box and i didn't put it on the bar yeah that'll be so, interesting to see but i i still can't do my warm-ups because i start thinking about it too much i i, well, I can't speak, speaking of feeling i know for a fact that when you say how you feel is a lie is true now coach because mm -hmm. um the previous two weeks or i'll say the previous three weeks the first two weeks on those heavy fridays when I'd go in the morning and warm up and lift up to 75%, everything felt money. I was like, all right, I'm going in tonight and I'm smashing something big. And then I'd go in later that night and it would be mediocre. And then on that <laughs> third week, when the morning felt like complete shit, I was like, fuck, today's going to be a long day. I'm going to go in tonight. It's not going to be that good. Like everything feels tight. I can't get in my bottom position well. It's just hurting. And I go in and hit 281 as a total. Yeah, and that's pretty crazy. I mean, that was a PR total too. Yeah, that was a PR total by what six Seven kilos? Six kilos. kilos. Yeah, that, yeah, that's pretty significant. That's a good day. Yeah, isn't it crazy? Yeah, yeah, especially like going into like two a day training, like you're doing. Yeah, things get uh, things get different. Whenever it feels um, bad or slow, I try to tell myself, like, man. I know that this feels bad and slow, but it's not like I just withered away overnight. I didn't just lose seven pounds of muscle mass. Like I'm still capable of this. Like just do it right. And it'll feel like you just got to do it right. And then sometimes it doesn't feel light, but you'll still hit it. It's just some days just feel worse. 
Yeah, I like that, like the the statement, like do it right, it'll feel light. And then I like the opposite statement too, like just commit to it, even if it feels terrible, like it feels heavy. I remember on my best competition snatch, 159, I got it to my knee and I was like, this is way out of position. Like this thing's fucked. <laughs> and, and so I was just like, ah, whatever, I'll just attempt it. And I remember thinking that thought like during the pull. And usually I don't even remember what I'm thinking during the pool. It's just like kind of zone out. And then I made it and I was like, oh, I made it. All right then. And so then I stood up, got white lights and I looked at the video and I was like, that looked perfect. Like, what was I thinking? And so then I realized like, it felt like it was wrong, but it wasn't. So like it, how it feels is a lie. It might feel wrong, but just keep committing, keep trusting your position. You're not keep, keep trusting in your in your practice, the, the reps that you have put in, the made lifts that you've had, trust in those. Um, and you just be able to commit to that rep and you'll probably make it. So on that point, I think that might be a good spot to end. Um, any last words, guys? Nope. So let's, uh, where, uh, where are people going to find you guys? Find me at George81KG on Instagram or at the House of Weightlifting page. And I am still Tyree underscore Thor on Instagram. Man, I was hoping you guys were going to start talking some shit. <laughs> be like, find me above you on the Nationals. <laughs> Not yet. We're five weeks out. I haven't even started running my mouth on Instagram yet. The time will come. You, you started yesterday. I don't see the problem with everyone being a weightlifter now. Why does that bother you? Man, yeah, every once in a while, that really does just piss me off. Because I'm just, yeah, James, we just added five minutes to the podcast. Because <laughs> every, every once in a while, I just think about that. I'm like, man, I am so sick of hearing everybody, I'm a weightlifter now. Comes in and snatches 43 kilos. No, you lifted a weight once. You're not a weightlifter. It's the so what, it's what makes you a weightlifter? Now. Everybody is, it's. I think it's different than when somebody comes in once a month or the CrossFitters that just can't do double unders and are really slow at running. And then they tell you, Oh, I'm a weightlifter. No, you're not. You just can't do double unders. There's a difference. Like it's every, <laughs> now it's the cool thing to be a weightlifter. Everybody and their friend is a weightlifter now because they snatched one time. Calm down like this. You're going to be gone in six months. You're, you're not sticking around. That's, Calm down. Now everybody wants to be a weightlifter for three weeks. And then you look up and all of a sudden they're gone. No clue where they went, but they're gone. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know if I sort of think that's a bad thing. People are just trying to find a, a uh, not an identity, but like a they're trying to find a, a place to see where they fit in. And, and, you know, like on one scale, I think like that's where like kids, you know, this is, I'm not calling these people like children, but like kids playing make believe like, Oh, I'm a dinosaur or something. I don't know. They get a chance to, uh, you know, see where they're, where they fit in. And like, you know, they realize like, Oh, I'm not a dinosaur. I can't (laughs) bite my sister's arm off. I don't know. Um, so like, I think that was on a very elementary level, but yes, like that's kind of what's happening. People are like identifying as a weightlifter to see like, Hey, is this me? Do I want to commit to it? And you know, some people are going to be like, 
this isn't what I expected. They move on to the next thing. And I think that's okay. Uh, and then some people are going to be like, it's just going to click with them. They're going to mm-hmm. go on and then it's going to be like, all right, this is the thing. And then they're going to excel at it. So I don't know if it should be discouraged, but um, yes, I do think that a lot of them will probably move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Some of them won't. They're just, yeah. they're trying it on. Was... They're in the fitting room. <clears throat> there was a time and it happened at, it was at how Oh, it was a long time ago. And I was talking to someone else and there was, we had a month where like, seven people showed up and again like nothing was wrong with it they wanted to come in like you said and try weightlifting I'm like all right cool like that's come try weightlifting and i was talking to someone else and they said oh man all of these people are going to be really good i was like ah we'll probably keep one of them like they're just like you said they're just coming and trying it out it's like i don't i think like one of them will probably stay and they're like what do you no no all of them will stay i think all of them could be really good it's like well i i do think that a lot of people could be really good at weightlifting if they stuck around. I, that's I think so too. One of them will stick around. See, you discouraged them, Tyree. You ran no, them off. No, I, I wasn't discouraging yeah. them. I could tell right away. I'm like, they aren't going to stick around. Like that, it, it's going to get hard one day, and they're going to be like, oh man, I don't like this anymore. Let's go play disc golf, and then they're out. Like that's what's that's what's going to happen. And sure enough, fuck that. Disc golf is hard. <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm terrible at it. Two months Things later, expensive one of them the was uh, I'm, I'm trash. I'm much better at golf, and I'm not good at that either. But that's that's what happens. Like people will come in, they'll be here for two months, and then they'll be gone. Like, and that is fine. You don't have to stick with everything. There's things that I've quit and left. I like, okay. I just I hate hearing it because everybody you talk to is a weightlifter now. Every single person is a weightlifter. Like, mm, you've been lifting for a month. Calm down. You you picked up a weight before. You're not a weightlifter. There's a difference. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds like your pet peeve. Yep. Uh, I don't know if I mind it so much. But on that note, I got to go pick up my son who's probably going to pretend to be a T-Rex. Um, <laughs> so check us out at houseofweightlifting.com. All right. Thanks for listening, guys.